14, verse 66. Now, a few weeks ago, we, we briefly, uh, we kind of skimmed over verses 27 through uh, 31, and I said we would talk more about that uh, when, we, when we got a little later into the chapter. And, and the events of uh, verses 27 through 31 were preparing us for, for these events that we're going to look at today. Mark chapter 14, verse 66 is where we will start. And Jesus had been preparing his disciples and he had prayed right before he was betrayed by one of his very own disciples. And when his betrayers came near, his, his apostles uh, ran away. They all fled from Jesus. They all left Jesus. And Jesus was there alone and he was taken into this mock trial among a bunch of men who hated him, who wanted to kill him, who had been looking for an opportunity. And finally, thanks to Judas, they had found an opportunity to seize him when he would be alone at night when the crowds wouldn't be around. And they rushed Jesus in for this mock trial in the night. And Jesus was placed on trial and they could find nothing against him. There was no sin that he had committed that was worthy of death. And so eventually they got around to asking Jesus, if he was the Messiah, and Jesus said, I am. I am the Messiah, he said. And boy, they did not like to hear that, and the high priest ripped his robes, and he, he could not believe what he had heard, and blasphemy, he said. Blasphemy. We don't need any more testimony. We don't need any more witnesses. This man has condemned himself with his speech to say that he is the Messiah. And so they finally had come up with a reason that they thought was worthy of death. And so that's what we left off with last week. And we will, Lord willing, conclude Mark chapter 14 this morning. So let's read through the text and then we will pray and talk about it. In Mark chapter 14, verse 66. While Peter was in the courtyard below, one of the high priest's servants came. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with that Nazarene, Jesus. But he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about. Then he went out to the entryway and a rooster crowed. When the servant saw him again, she began to tell those standing nearby, This man is one of them. But again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing there said to Peter again, You certainly are one of them, since you're also a Galilean. Then he started to curse and to swear an oath. I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately a rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered when Jesus had spoken the word to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. When he thought about it, he began to weep. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning and I thank you for your words. And God, I pray that you would bless our time together. God, that your Holy Spirit would be among us today. That you would take our minds off the worries of the world and God, protect us from distractions. God, I pray that you would help these words to speak to us. That in these few minutes, dear Lord, we would be focused on you. I pray that you hide me behind the cross to help me to do a good job, to preach and teach, dear Lord. Just let your Holy Spirit do the work through me this morning. Let us hear from you, dear Lord. And God, I pray that you just work in our life. 
And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now back earlier in the chapter, in verses 27 through 31, Jesus had told Peter that he was going to deny him. And, and, and Mark's account of this event is a little different than the other gospel accounts. And Mark's account, Jesus said, uh, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows twice. And the rest of the accounts just have the rooster crowing uh, one time. Now that's not uh, really too big of an issue uh, as, as it turns out with roosters. When we think about the rooster crowing, what time usually comes to our mind? Anytime we talk about the rooster crowing, it's almost always we're thinking about morning, right? Roosters crow in the morning, but uh, roosters also crow anytime they want to. They may crow in the middle of the night. They may crow at different times. But when the other gospel accounts speak of the rooster crowing, it is almost certain that they used that in the same way that we used it. That's the way that Jesus was using it. The rooster crowing symbolizes the coming of the morning. Now, there was a rooster crow earlier on in this story, and that was the first of the one that Mark documented, but that was probably in the middle of the night. That wasn't the rooster crow, if we can call it that, the one that signifies the sun is coming up, morning is beginning. And so I wanted to point that different out, difference out simply because we may notice it. But, but there's no real contradiction there because the real point is that there was going to be a rooster crow, and it was likely the one that symbolized the morning. And what Jesus was telling Peter is that before the rooster crows in the morning, you are going to deny me three times. And Peter very, very adamantly said, I will not do it. I will not deny you, Lord. And at the end of that passage, it's interesting for us to point out because we may remember uh, Peter's denial, but at the end of that passage, it, it says, and all the rest of the disciples said the same thing. So it wasn't just Peter who said, I will not deny you. All of the disciples said the same thing. They joined in there. Peter says, if everybody else leaves you, Lord, I will not. And Peter spoke boldly and it wasn't long before this when uh, they came to arrest Jesus. And, and Peter did stand boldly, very briefly. He cut the ear off of one of the guys coming to arrest Jesus. And, and Jesus said, no more of this. Put your, put your sword away. And Jesus healed the man's ear. And it wasn't but a minute or two after that that all the 11 apostles that were with Jesus, they all fled, including Peter. But as we've read through this chapter in the passage we read before last week, we saw a little tidbit of information that, that Peter was following along. He was keeping at a distance. And Jesus had been arrested and they were taking him and, and Peter wanted to distance himself. He didn't want to be too close, but he, but he followed along and he stayed at a distance and he could, he could see Jesus across there as this mock trial was going on. It says here in the passage today that he was warming himself by the fire. He was standing at a far enough distance that he wouldn't draw attention to himself. And, and, and he was trying to see what was happening to Jesus. And you can, you can probably understand that. Perhaps there has been times that you wanted to hear and see something that was going on. And you didn't want to draw attention to yourself. So you got, you got just close enough and you kind of halfway talk to the people around you and be doing something and you'd be looking at them, but really you listen. You're listening to what's, what's a little further away. You're keeping an eye out to what's a little further away. And, and Peter was there amongst the rest of the people at a distance, and he was with the people, but he didn't care about the people. What he really cared about was Jesus. He wanted to know what was happening to Jesus. He wanted to know what was going to happen. And as he stood outside here a distance away from Jesus, 
one of the servants of the high priest came to Peter and she said, you're one of them. You're one of those guys that was with that man. And Peter says, no, ma'am, not me. It was not me. You did not see me with this man. And Peter adamantly opposes that he knew who Jesus was. And he continues to stand there at a distance, looking and trying to see if he could see what was going on and trying to hear what was going on with Jesus. And, and the girl was persistent. She says, no, I know. I know you were with him. I know you were one of them. And he says, no such thing. I was not one of his followers. I don't, I don't know that man. Now, Peter, Peter knew what was going on here. This was a bad situation. Jesus was about to be put to death. And Jesus' followers, if they would have been there with him, chances are they would have been put to death too. And, and Peter distanced himself from Jesus because if he would have stood with Jesus, it may have meant harm to, his, to, to himself. It may have even cost him his life. And, and Peter, who, who loved Jesus and had once stood beside Jesus and had worked with Jesus and seen the miracles and, and, and just a few hours earlier said, I will never leave you. I will never deny you. And here, in the fear of the situation, he's not willing to stand with Jesus. He denies Jesus and... Finally, a third time, the crowds are beginning to get involved. And they're beginning to recognize Peter. And a third time, you are. You are his. We know you're his. You're a Galilean. Now, some of your translations may point this out, but it, it may say something along the lines, your, your speech gives you away. We can tell by the way you're talking. You're not from here. You're from Galilee. You're one of those that's been with Jesus. We know it. We've seen you with him. We can tell by the way you talk that you're not one of us, but you're one of his. And Peter, a third time, after hearing this accusation, he says, no, I am not. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that man. And it says in the text at verse 71 that he started to curse and to Swear with an oath. I don't know this man you're talking about. And we see these kind of things in the scriptures, swearing and taking an oath, and I don't know exactly what Peter's oath and what his swearing would have looked like. I don't know what he would have said, but it says he started to curse and swear this oath. And we see language like this in the Old Testament, and possibly what we see in the Old Testament is similar to what we see with Peter. One good example of that, and you may remember this from when we went to Ruth just a while back, it's found in Ruth chapter 1, verse 17. Ruth says to Naomi, her mother-in-law, Naomi's trying to get Ruth to leave, and Ruth's husband had died, and it was Naomi's son. And Naomi said, look, I don't have any son. Just leave. Go, go make something of your life. Don't stay with me. I'm an old widow lady. And Ruth says, I ain't leaving you. I'm staying with you. And this is what she says in Ruth 1.17. Where you die, I will die. And where I and there, I will be buried. May Yahweh, that is God, punish me and do so severely if anything but death separates you and me. 
Now, we see that type of language. When somebody is serious about something, when they are swearing, when somebody says, I swear, well, that's kind of what Ruth was doing. She says, I will not leave you, and if I do so, may God punish me and do so severely. And we see several folks saying those type of language. And, and perhaps that's when it says that Peter began to curse and to begin to swear an oath. Perhaps he said something very similar. Maybe he said something along the lines, I don't know that man. And if I, if, if I know him, God punish me and do so severely. Peter is, is adamant here as he curses and he swears an oath to these people. This is, this is serious. He's not just saying, no, I don't know him. He is, he is adamantly saying, I don't know this man. I don't have anything to do with this man. And as the words came out of his mouth, it says at the end of the passage, immediately a rooster crowed a second time. And Peter remembered when Jesus had spoken the word to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. It appears as though Peter really hadn't thought anything about the words of Jesus, speaking only just a few hours earlier when Jesus had said, Look, you're going to deny me. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And, and I guess in all the excitement and all the uproar and everything that had taken place and, 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 and the fear that, that Peter was, was, was feeling, he had forgotten what Jesus had said. But in the moment, as soon as that rooster crowed, he remembered. He remembered the words of Jesus who said, you will deny me three times this night. And when Peter recognized what he had done, it says at the end of verse 72, but when he thought about it, he began to weep. He knew what he had done. He had denied Jesus. He had denied his Savior. He had turned from Jesus. He had ran from Jesus. He would not even acknowledge that he knew Jesus. Much less was he willing to live for Jesus. And he began to weep. Perhaps some of us have been in situations in our life where we knew God and we once walked closely with God and we trusted God. And all of a sudden, our situation changes. All of a sudden, things begin to occur in our life. We begin to have fear in our life. We begin to allow sin to come into our life. And a God we once walked closely with, a Savior we once had good fellowship with, we begin to separate ourselves. We begin to run from Him. We begin to distance ourselves from Him. We begin to worry about our own desires and our own needs and our own and our own what's going to happen to us. And we we see Jesus at a distance. We know Jesus. We come close to Jesus when we read His Word. We come close to Jesus when we're in church, but we're distancing ourselves because of our fear, because of our sin. And we live our life in a way as if we don't even know Jesus exists. That's what Peter did. I don't know that man. I don't, want, I don't have anything to do with that man. And that persisted for a little while until it hit him in the moment. He knew what he had been doing. 
He knew that he had denied his Lord. He knew that he had distanced himself from Jesus instead of standing by Jesus. And he was broken. And perhaps some of you and I, you, you and I have experienced that. You may be experiencing it right now. You may have gone through, are going through, or will go through a phase in life where you are not walking with the Lord the way you should be. And Peter was broken. Now here in these last few verses of this chapter that we've looked at, we've seen two of Jesus' apostles that have denied him. Judas had just denied him and betrayed him. And now here Peter has fled from Jesus and denied Jesus. I don't know him. What's the difference between Peter and between Judas? Well, I think the difference between Judas and Peter is repentance. Peter had a heart that genuinely loved Jesus. And he denied Jesus and he failed. But it doesn't appear as though Judas really ever had a heart for Jesus. Perhaps he did at some point. Perhaps he never did at all. And we see a big difference between Judas and between Peter as we continue to read along in the story of Jesus' crucifixion. We see Judas' downfall. But that's not so of Peter. Peter did something that's bad that we certainly do not want to do. Denying the Lord. Perhaps we have done that sometimes by our words or by our actions. But even in those times when we do that, when we sin in a way that we shouldn't, when we deny our Lord or turn, turn from Jesus in that moment, even in those moments, God can use that to bring good in our life. In the case of Peter, God was going to use that moment to prepare Peter for something better that was to come. If you want to turn with me to John chapter 21, John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19, John 21, verse 15. This takes place a short time after Jesus had been resurrected. Jesus had gone through his mock trial and been found guilty of death by his accusers. He was taken away and he was nailed to a cross and he was placed in a grave. And three days later he arose. God raised Jesus from the grave. And Jesus appeared to his apostles afterwards. And this is one of those occasions where Jesus appeared to his apostles. And Peter was out in the boat fishing. That's what they were. They were fishermen. It's only natural that when Jesus was gone, that Peter would return to what he had been doing. He was a fisherman when Jesus called him. And here Peter was out fishing. And as he was fishing, he, he looked in the distance and 
he could see on the shore, he could see somebody, and he, he knew who that somebody was. It was Jesus. And Peter jumped out of the boat, and he swam to shore. And there he was eating breakfast with Jesus. Oh, the joy that Peter must have felt. He had denied his Savior, but, but his Savior's back. His Savior's right there. He has an opportunity to see him. And in John chapter 21, verse 15, it says, When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to me, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. And three times Peter had denied Jesus on that night. And he wept after doing so. But here we see that Jesus was not done with Peter. We see Peter's heart after the third time of being asked. Peter says, you know everything. And indeed, Jesus did know everything. And indeed, Jesus did know that Peter loved him. And three times he asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And what does Jesus say? He says, feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep, feed my lambs. Every time. And, and he asked him again, what, do you love me, Peter? And Peter said, yes, you know I love you. And the third time, Peter was grieved that Jesus continued to ask him. And three times, Peter had denied Jesus. And three times, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And in this moment, Peter was restored. In this moment, it was, it was obvious both to Peter and to Jesus that Peter did love him. And Jesus said, you got work to do. Jesus said, if you love me, you got work to do. Jesus said, I'm not through with you. And there in that moment, Peter was restored. Three times he denied Jesus, and three times Jesus affirmed that, yes, Peter loved him. Yes, Peter was ready to serve him. And a man who just not long before this wasn't even willing to stand close to Jesus the same man who stood at a distance. And when people said, do you know this man? And he adamantly opposed and said, no way. I don't know this man. A man who was too afraid to stand for Jesus. A man who fled from Jesus. Had now been restored by Jesus. His joy had been restored to him. That's what Jesus says about us, that we must, must trust in him so that his joy may be in us and our joy may be complete. And in that moment, in that moment that Peter denied Jesus, he was grieved. He felt shame. He knew that he had sinned. But in this moment, he was restored and he felt joy. He was made complete. And a man who had just ran from Jesus was now ready to stand for Jesus. 
And in the book of Acts, we see the apostles as they go out to do the Lord's work. And who is leading the charge? It is Peter. It is Peter. He would no longer deny Jesus. He would no longer run from Jesus. He would stand for Jesus. He would tell others about Jesus. Even when his life was in jeopardy, he stood firm and he says, I will preach Christ and Christ crucified. Because there is no other Savior. There is no other name under heaven by which men are saved than by that of Jesus Christ. And Peter was bold for Jesus because he had been restored by Jesus. He was broken in his sin. He was broken when he denied Jesus. But he was restored and given joy when he returned to Jesus. Now the same is true for you and I. You may feel like Peter today. You may have sinned in your life. You may have done things in your life and said things in your life. Things that you are ashamed of. Things that you regret. Things that you know were wrong. And maybe you feel the burden of that. Well, I want to tell you today, you don't have to feel that burden anymore. Maybe you really are a child of God. And maybe you really have sinned, but praise the Lord, Jesus will forgive you. Praise the Lord, Jesus will restore you. And you may think, man, why did I do that? Why did the Lord allow me to make that decision? Why did the Lord allow me to do that thing? Well, it may just be that God allowed you to go through that hard time that God got your attention so that he could prepare you for a better time. Maybe God has big plans for you. Maybe God wants to use you for his kingdom. And, and before the hard time, maybe you weren't ready. But through the hard time, maybe God refined you like fire. Through your sin and through your denial and through the way you had been living, maybe God says, I'm going to let you go through this time so that I can get your attention, so that your heart can be changed so that I can prepare you, so that I can restore you, so that when you return, you will be stronger than ever. That's what, that's what Jesus said to Peter. He, he was talking to Peter and he said, look, Satan asked to sift you like wheat. And you're going to turn from me, but when you return, Jesus said, strengthen the others. Jesus knew that Peter was going to fail in the moment, and he did. And sometimes you and I fail in the moment. But let us return to Jesus Christ as Peter did. Let us seek Jesus Christ and say, forgive me, restore me. And when we are restored by Jesus, when we repent of our sins, boy, we receive a joy of God that fills our life that nothing compares to. And when we receive that joy, when God has made us into the men and women He wants us to be, He can use us for His kingdom. He used Peter for his kingdom in a mighty way. And perhaps today he wants to use you in a mighty way. If you've not put your faith in Jesus today, if you've not been restored by Jesus today, a restoration comes by no other. But when you have been restored by Jesus, you can do things that you never imagined, just as Peter did. Let's pray. God, we come to you today. We thank you for your good words. God, I pray that you would help us to stand for you, to not deny you, to not turn from you, dear Lord, but to trust you. And God, even though we may think we are strong in our faith, and we may be bold as Peter was, 
God, there may be times that when the rubber meets the road, we may not stand for you the way we should. There may be times, dear Lord, where we choose sin over you. God, if, if we do that, I pray that you help us to repent. If there are some in here that have done that, God, I pray that today that they would repent, that they would turn to you, God. Maybe there are some that have never known Jesus. They've never known the joy. They've never known the restoration. God, I pray that today we would all leave this place restored. We would all seek Jesus for forgiveness. God, we would return to Jesus if we have turned from him. God, make us into men and women that can do mighty things for you. God, even in the midst of our failures, use them to to make us stronger. God, the devil tries to tempt us and get us off track. He thinks he's going going to make a stop dear lord but but you take the bad you take those things and you you don't let us get off track god your holy spirit works in our life and you get us through it and you make us better than ever restore us today dear lord prepare us for your work so that as we leave this building we can feed your sheep we can look after your flock dear lord we can we can make new sheep we can bring them to you dear lord by teaching them the gospel of jesus christ And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.